Good day. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundant Success series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Tonight, our spotlight is on entrepreneurship and networking with an American treasure, George C. Fraser, founder and CEO of FraserNet. He is considered by many to be the new voice for African Americans and one of the foremost authorities on networking and building effective relationships. He appears on CNN and Black Enterprise Magazine and in the Wall Street Journal. He is an author, the author of Success Runs in Our Race and Click, 10 Truths to Building Extraordinary Relationships. Personal growth guru, Stephen Covey calls uh, Mr. Fraser a masterful teacher and TV host and journalist. Tony Brown calls him a visionary with the rare combination of leadership and management skills. Mr. Fraser is featured in the New York Times bestseller, Masters of Networking, along with Colin Powell. Enjoy. About networking, that must have been very interesting to to uh, you know, be, I guess, a fly on your shoulder. How is this guy going to do this? <laughs> yeah. What was it no, like? No, that's, that's a great question. That's a great question because no, I had never written a book. No, I had never put on. No, I had never prepared myself to train people on how to be more effective at networking. I had, I had never done any of those things in life. But what I, uh, what I did have was no fear. And what I did believe is it was, it, that it was not difficult, that I could learn how to do it, that I could grow into doing it, that I would start small, though, because everything begins as a seed. You cannot, for example, take a watermelon, put it into the ground, and expect for it to grow other watermelons, right? It's not going to happen. What you need to do is you need to take the watermelon, cut it open, take out the seed, plant the seed in the ground, cultivate, nurture, water the seed, give it fertilizer, give it time, and then over time the seed flowers and bears fruit in great abundance. Now, I knew if I did that, if I did that, if I started small, that over time I could learn how to do it. Over time I would make mistakes. Over time there would be things that I would fail at. So what I tried to do was to, to fail fast. I tried to get through the things that I was not able to do well, although I tried them, experimented with them, did them mediocre, then uh, uh, or failed, and I, 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 you know, failed and learned quickly. Because I believe in life, uh, you know, two things happen: you either win or you learn. Right. But you really never lose. You never lose. Um, and so, from everything that we do. There's something that you can learn. And so it's a matter of observing what you've done and extracting the lesson. What's the lesson here? And then how can I apply that to the next thing that I want to do? What happens uh, if you don't learn? Well, you'll continue to repeat the lesson until you do learn. Mm -hmm. So you'll keep making the same mistakes over and over and over. So I learned very quickly. And so I was never hesitant. I had little or no fear to try something new, to try something different, to think outside of my comfort zone, to live life on the edge. Because that's really what life is. Life is on the edge. And if you're not living life on the edge, you're taking up too much room. (laughs) Very true. So, um, 
Do things different. Be willing to experiment. Be willing to think outside of the box. Take massive action. Go at it. Right? And Mm -hmm. you'll learn. You'll make mistakes. Some of it you'll do well. Some of it you'll do in a mediocre way. Some of it you will fail at. What do you learn? Pick yourself up and start again. In building um, your career, and many people out there are entrepreneurs, uh, the the glass ceiling in corporate America, of course, you, you probably had to have seen that while you were there, right? Uh-huh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so in your building, um, I'm wondering, uh, what would you say to many generations who are listening right now about the economic climate today and what we're going through. Obama and no administration is going to be able to create that many jobs before he gets out of office. That's right. No, and I think uh, President Obama has already alluded to it himself. Mm -hmm. We are going through a very fundamental change in the world and certainly in America. Many jobs, uh, because of... uh, the economics of America at this moment in time have been lost. And most of those jobs, or certainly a significant number of of those jobs, will never be coming back. Mm -hmm. There are manufacturing jobs that are now in China. Our automobile companies are smaller, the smallest they've ever been, and may even get smaller. One or two of them not even here anymore. You know? Uh, So, there's a whole or area of work that we no longer do in this country. And so what made a middle class, certainly for black Americans, for our parents, um, those kinds of opportunities and jobs were a high school diploma. And in many cases, even without a high school diploma, you could still come north, work in the factories, the automotive industry, the steel industry, uh, coal mining, etc., all kinds of industries, and still eke out a middle-class life. Mm-hmm. Well, that kind of world is not available for our children. Mm-hmm. So there will be there will be ten, tens of thousands of jobs that just will not come back to America, which means that our children must look at the world differently than we look at the world. In other words, no longer can't, will you be able to make a decent living without a high school. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Right. In fact, it will be difficult to earn a decent living in the 21st century without a college degree. In fact, sooner rather than later, a college degree will be equivalent to a high school diploma. That's right. So, when we hear about the massive dropout rate of Africans in America, 50 and 55 percent dropout rates in our large urban center, Cleveland being one of them, Philadelphia, New York, especially the dropout rates of black boys, you know that we are raising a generation of children who are going to be in trouble. And we are going to have to find a way to fix that. What do you see in terms of the strong uh, jobs that will be here for those of us who are really not just entrepreneurs, but those of us who are still working nine to five. Yeah. Well, I think there are three or four major categories that people have to look at. Where there's going to be tremendous growth. Health. 
and everything mm-hmm. related. Right. That's going to continue to expand. Mm-hmm. Of course, green. Anything associated with green, that's the whole new emphasis right. uh, in uh, America, and it's not the world today. So green technology. Technology in general, that's going to continue to explode. Um, we are 15 years or so into the Internet. I can't even imagine what the Internet and what technology, handheld technology, will look like 20 years from now. Okay? Mm-hmm. So technology, green technology, anything in health and health care, as well as education. Mm-hmm. More and more money is going to have to be spent in the area of education. America is going to have to be retrained and retooled. So there will be significant opportunities in the area in the area of uh, uh, education. Online education is going to continue to explode. That's so great. Those are areas that people need to take a look at seriously, both professionally and entrepreneurially. I'm not just talking about working for somebody. I'm talking about those are categories where there will be significant opportunity to start and build businesses, as well as pursue careers if entrepreneurship is not for you. Well, in your book, uh, Success Runs in Our Race, you're talking about a new underground railroad. And I know you wrote the book some time ago. Where do you see that going for us? I think that it's the best that it's ever been and the worst that it will ever be. Why? Because today we will learn more and tomorrow we will be better. There's just no question about that. Mm-hmm. We are getting better at this thing called networking, being a thing that uh, 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 whites have been doing uh, for years. I, I didn't invent the term. I, I stole the term from them. Okay. Um, that, that we're learning and that, uh, that black people get it now. And so every other conversation, every other event, that you see in black America has some reference to networking. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I added the word power to the word networking. Mm-hmm. So now you're beginning to see power networking. It's a difference between the two. But, but, but uh, so the, the lexicon, the uh, definitions, the terminologies used in this whole world of networking, Mm-hmm. Uh, to take hold because all movements, all big ideas take time. So when I first began writing about this idea called networking black America, using biblical passages, using um, uh, 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 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th century examples of things that we were doing that was really networking in black America. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it began to penetrate uh, this this notion that black people had of dependency, which was the whole welfare state in black America, which did lots of damage mm-hmm. to, to our people for several generations. That was our deep. That was our dependent period. Then we went through a period of independence, right? Uh, right. Survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. Uh, only the strong survive. 
uh, and, uh, and and now we're beginning to move towards the highest form of any cultural development, and that's interdependent, moving from dependence into independence into interdependence, and beginning to understand how uh, how incredible we are as a people in terms of the resources that exist in our community, that we are, we have every single thing that we need to succeed as people in this country, except each other. Mm. We're a $920 billion annual economy. Mm. You could take 17 largest countries in the Caribbean, combine their gross domestic product, add it to the continent of Africa, and it would not equal the $922 billion that we bring to the table in a single year. If you think all of the oil-producing countries are wealthy with their oil revenues, they are. But you can take every single country, major country producing oil in the OPEC nations, combine all of their revenue, and it would not equal the $920 billion that we bring to the table, black people, in a single year. Okay, but we know that we are some of America's most conspicuous consumers. Right. That we've taken the art of consumption to our own level. <laughs> Got that and right. That our, and our dollars recycle less than one time in our own community. So we have money. It's not that we don't have money. We have tremendous wealth. There are no black people in the entire world doing better than we are. In fact, we are the beacon of hope for every single person of African descent in the entire world, especially when it comes to money. So we have money. We also have brain power, intellectual capital, okay? Um, uh, if you, you, you could just you could just take my generation alone. I'm a baby boomer. We have amassed from just one generation alone over 500 billion hours of formal education and professional training from just one generation alone. If you wanted to put a dollar value on that at just 10 bucks an hour and try to get an education or, 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 or professional training for 10 bucks an hour. That would mean that our collective intellectual capital base from just one generation alone, the baby boomers, is worth in excess of $5 trillion. Wow. We have surpassed W.E.B. Du Bois' dream of a talented 10. Remember his dream some 90 years ago? If at least 10% of black people could get the finest education mm-hmm. possible, what he meant was a college education, mm-hmm. they would then get that education come back to the community, that 10% would then reinvest in the community, and that 10% alone would uplift the entire community. Well, we have surpassed that. Nearly 15% of black people in America have at least a four-year college degree or better. So, said another way, we have a lot of PhDs. We now need a, you know, we now need PhDs. Really, yeah, that's really right. So, we have education. So, we have intellectual capital. We have knowledge. And then the third thing that we have that no one really ever talks about is 60% of the black workforce in America, nearly 9 million of us, are in executive, managerial, supervisory, professional, specialty, vocational, technical, administrative, sales, and business ownership positions. That is an army of potential role models and mentors to help those who are stuck in the cycle of poverty. In fact, there is no army in the entire world larger than the army of black people that has succeeded in this country. So make no mistake about it, success runs in our race. In fact, we have everything we need to succeed, and God ain't given us anything else. 
Mm-hmm. He's not going to give us anything else until we prove to God that we can be better stewards of that which we already have.